Kia ora koutou katoa and welcome to the Dawn Chorus on Monday the 6th of September. It's 8 o'clock. I'm Bernard Hickey for the Kaka. Over the weekend, we've had plenty of news on the interest rate and home lending front. On Saturday morning, we found out that the world's largest economy, the United States, created just 245,000 jobs in August from July. This was well below economists' expectations of over 700,000 jobs and well below July's 1.1 million jobs. Why should we care? Well, uh, non-farm payrolls, as it's called, is probably the best and closest measure of what's happening in the economy, and uh, everyone wondering what the US Federal Reserve will do over the next few months keeps a really close eye on non-farm payrolls. And up until those numbers on Saturday morning our time, most people in the market were expecting the US Federal Reserve to start what they call tapering, or reducing its amount of money printing and bond buying, its quantitative easing program. Currently, that's running at around about 120 billion US per month. And up until Saturday morning, people were expecting some sort of announcement about this in September. So at a meeting later on this month, uh, September the 22nd. Uh, however, the very weak jobs numbers now mean that a lot of economists are saying that there is, the US Federal Reserve will now delay this out until... November um, or, or mostly November is where the um, estimates are. Now that is um, essentially another slowing of the reduction of stimulus from the world's central banks. Obviously it's the largest and um, it just puts into contrast uh, the uh, plans that in theory our Reserve Bank has to put up interest rates here. Now our Reserve Bank has stopped money printing. And uh, but the rest of the worlds are still going strong. The European Central Bank will be watched closely also this week on Thursday night, our time. The Monetary Policy Committee there will make a decision about whether it should start tapering its money print printing program. It's currently printing 80 billion euros a month. And um, because inflation has been higher than expected in Europe, some people were talking about a tapering again later this year. Now, this is not Interest rate hikes, of course, this is just reducing the amount of money printing. And um, also, people are now expecting that to be delayed until the end of the year. And tomorrow, the Reserve Bank of Australia is expected to um, keep printing at around about um, 5 to 6 billion Australian per week. So that's 20 billion Australian per month. And um, up until the real worsening in the New South Wales outbreak, um, the Reserve Bank of Australia was expected to tweak its money printing a bit lower. But the decision due out at 4.30 tomorrow is now expected to be the Reserve Bank of Australia continuing to print onwards. In fact, one uh, bank, Westpac, is expecting them to increase their rate of money printing. So we're really going against the grain here. And that's why I think it was interesting that on Friday the Reserve Bank announced it wanted to further tighten the LVR restrictions for owner-occupiers starting on October the 1st. It's going to take the restrictions back to the level they were at uh, in mid-2017 so that um, now only 10% of the new lending can be done with a loan-to-value ratio of over 80%. 
So that's down from 20% previously. So effectively, the speed limit on high LVR lending has been halved for owner-occupiers, and that includes first-home buyers. And the Reserve Bank acknowledges that this will affect first-home buyers most because the banks tend to cordon off their dollop of um, exempt high LVR lending for first-home buyers. So a halving of that percentage is likely to hit them the most. The Reserve Bank estimates there's probably about 500 first-home buyers who will miss out because of this change. And they also expect that house price inflation might be reduced a little bit um, de- compared to the counterfactual of no uh, increase in the or no tightening of the rules. Uh, it also warns that if there was a 20% fall in house prices, it wouldn't endanger the financial system, but it would see uh, loans worth about $4 billion uh, in negative equity, and that they would be the most recent borrowers and more than likely first-home buyers. And that's one of their arguments for tightening the restrictions. It's going to save, save first-home buyers from themselves and also reduce some of the pressure on house prices. It says, um, it agrees that the uh, housing market is unsustainable at these levels, but is not expecting some sort of crash. And it also points out one of the reasons it wants to avoid any sort of crashes because uh, it would have a household effect, household wealth effect. So obviously at the moment, the Reserve Bank uh, has to use the housing market to pump up the economy because it's cut interest rates as far as it can go. And banks aren't lending to businesses. They've got plenty of cash themselves. So the one way it has to pump up the economy is to boost house prices. Interestingly, it estimated in its um, paper out with this announcement on uh, Friday that um, it saw the wealth effect for every $1 billion in extra value in the housing market. It saw an extra 3% uh, increase in consumption from those homeowners. However, um, if there was a house price fall, the effect would be double, i.e. we're much uh, less happy when house prices fall than when they rise. So the impacts the Reserve Bank thought would be about double. So it wants to avoid uh, any sort of fall on house prices because of the wealth effect um, for those people who own houses. So that, in theory, takes some of the pressure off our Reserve Bank to put up interest rates later this year. Um, That was one of the arguments that economists here were putting, that um, interest rates needed to be hiked later this year to take some of the pressure out of the housing market. However, if the Reserve Bank's able to take some of the pressure out with its high LVR restrictions, that may reduce some of the pressure on the Reserve Bank, particularly as we continue on uh, with this Delta outbreak and no obvious signs yet that Auckland is going to come out of its level four restrictions for at least another two to three weeks, according to most of the epidemiologists, although we're going to get an announcement probably around about 4pm today that the rest of New Zealand will go down from around uh, the level three mark to something like level two, possibly some sort of level 2.5. Ashley Bloomfield said yesterday that that he was going to prepare advice for Cabinet today that there would be more restrictions at the Level 2 level to try and avoid um, any sort of breakout and that people who were travelling across the state line, if you like, between Auckland and the rest of the country would need to um, be tested very regularly, not at the side of the road, but um, before they moved across. 
And the epidemiologists in Otago, the bunch there, have written a blog post saying that they would like to see a level 2.5 of sorts or a 2 plus, which um, mandated indoor mask wearing uh, reduced um, the size of um, events to 25 indoors and 50 outdoors and essentially kept bars and nightclubs and churches and gyms closed during that level 2.5. No sign from the government yet on what the plans are there, but we'll watch out for that post-cabinet news conference. And um, just uh, elsewhere on the COVID front, keep an eye out too for an announcement from the government about some sort of Pfizer swap deal. We've got this issue at the moment where we're vaccinating at a rate about 70 to 80,000 per day. That's double what the, the plan was because we're all very keen to get vaccinated. And that means in theory, our, our um, stock of doses will run low in the next week or two. The hope is that we can get an extra um, batch of doses from someone else who isn't using them at the moment. There are tens of millions of batches, um, in theory, at risk of going off in Britain at the moment because they're already up over 80% vaccination. And on the weekend, Australia did a deal with Britain where Australia got 4 million doses of British Pfizer vaccines uh, coming in the next month or so, including a couple of batches, about half a million doses that came in last night on flights from London. So the theory is New Zealand would do a similar sort of swap deal. This is where Australia uh, in the swap gets Pfizer vaccines from Britain now and then promises later on this year, once Australia's rollout is close to finished, it sends its Pfizer doses back to Britain um, and Britain would then use them for some sort of booster program. So in theory, New Zealand would do something similar. Grant Robertson was asked about this at yesterday's um, uh, press conference and said he was very positive about the potential for a similar sort of deal, but he wouldn't say uh, when that was likely. And um, it's getting on a bit. Uh, this was talked about early last week by the Prime Minister as something that would happen within a few days. Um, more than a few days have now passed and we will um, have to keep an eye out for that one because we can't be that far off getting towards the end, the bottom of the barrel, if you like, of Pfizer vaccines. Um, those are the main uh, things to watch out for today. I'll be um, attending the post-cabinet news conference at four o'clock and working on um, this week's um, spin-off podcast. I'd recommend the one that came out on Friday to you. Uh, this is all about the issue of uh, making vaccination mandatory. Increasingly, we're seeing these sorts of mandatory vaccination rules coming out in the rest of the world, apart from Texas, of course, where the government actually makes it illegal to uh, ask people to be vaccinated before you, they come into your premises and also illegal to ask people to wear masks. Um, but in the rest of the world, uh, people are increasingly making it mandatory. And uh, the podcast includes calls from Business New Zealand to uh, look at making some particular more vulnerable sectors and um, factories um, uh, uh, making it mandatory for vaccination there. And, of course, the healthcare sector um, and making that mandatory. Bizarrely, it's not at the moment. The only place that's mandatory is the borders. And even then, it's the most exposed staff. So that'll be tough because um, no one likes mandatory vaccinations. Uh, but if we're going to get over 90%, which we definitely need to, there's going to have to be some uh, mandatory vaccination 
plans there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was the Dawn Chorus on Monday the 6th of September on the Kaka Kakite Anō.